This is an SJC Radio production. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to uh, episode one. Uh, of series two of Pit Stop. I'm joined as usual by Joe and Ed. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And we're also, and we've also got our producer Tom as well. So producer Tom is uh, on hand to, I think, put stuff on Twitter. Uh, in fact, that's a new development uh, for this season that there is a, a live Twitter feed. So um, at various stages, we'll be asking Tom to, to put stuff on Twitter. There might be pictures of racing cars and, and so on. Uh, so there's an exciting new development there. Right now, <laughs> another change, obviously, in this in this sort of COVID world is that um, this edition of the show is being done virtually. It, it, it's online. So Ed and Joe and Tom and myself are in different locations, so it's going to be an interesting challenge. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a great success. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's go on to um, Joe. What's what's first on the agenda, Joe? So first on the agenda this week is news. Okay, there's so, been a lot. Um, there's been okay. a lot of it. Okay, so Joe, do you want to? Do you want to kick off with uh, the news? So my, I'm going to start off with, there's many stories. I'm going to start I'm off sure. with all of the confirmed driver lineups. Everyone is confirmed in every seat other than the Hamilton in Mercedes. Oh, that's interesting. Now, I heard something about that, Joe. I heard the other day on the radio something about his, his demands. Am I right in saying he wants to be paid? Was it is it two hundred million a year? It's something ridiculous like that. I'm not sure the certain figure, but I think it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's in I the think, region of two hundred million. I think it was two hundred million. I, I words fail me. Um, Ed, any thoughts about that? Uh, well, I think with the new cap budgets, that could uh, perhaps play a part in why it's taken so long. Uh, obviously, because of COVID as well, the teams won't have as much money to to play with. So perhaps 200 million um, from Hamilton's a bit too much from Mercedes. Um, but yeah. I was wondering, Joe, do you reckon he will stay or what's going to happen there? Because it's quite interesting, really. Now, I'd, I'd sort of, in the nicest way possible, I'd like him not to sign on. It would make the, the whole sport as a whole uh, become a, a bit more competitive and a bit more exciting. Although I do believe he will sign on Probably not for 200 million, but I think Mercedes will give in for a figure near that, sadly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I, I think if Hamilton doesn't get a seat, obviously George Russell will yeah. come up. And I, I'm not sure if it will be much more competitive because, you know, at Sakir, we saw that Russell was still miles quicker than, than Bottas. Yeah, he was dominant, uh, and that was, wasn't and That was in the car that he got in the. the on the Friday and he was racing on the Sunday. And um, it was too small for him by quite a distance. Yeah, way too small for him as well. So I think with proper testing, uh, a car that's actually built around him and his body, I think that George Russell could still dominate the way Hamilton has. Yes, I, I, I agree with you, Ed. I think even if Hamilton uh, doesn't drive this year, I don't think we're going to see an end to the Mercedes domination. I, I heard that, um, I think it's down to the sponsor, Enios, in terms of whether his, uh, you know, his pay demands are um, agreed to or not. Now, what's interesting, 200 million. Well, if we go back 
gosh, if we go back just 15 years and 10 years, I mean, no, well, I, I'm sure some of the smaller teams, I'm sure their budget, their annual budget to run the team isn't as much as 200 million. If you go back 20 years, I think most Formula One teams, uh, well, even 50 million was considered to be a large budget. Um, so be interesting to see what happens. Personally, I expect him to be on the grid. Uh, but like you, Joe, I, I rather I rather hope he isn't, just so we can have somebody else uh, winning races, even if it is uh, his replacement all the time. Yeah, so th- that's that sort of the Hamilton saga covered. As with Bottas, moving on uh, to Ferrari, they have uh, kept with Charles Leclerc and have snapped up Carlos Sainz from McLaren, filling the Sainz void at McLaren is Ricardo and McLaren are keeping on Norris. Williams are staying with Russell and Latifi. And Aston Martin, or formerly Racing Point, have kept Stroll, but have changed Perez for Vettel. So that's half of the grid done. Any thoughts on any of those teams? Ed, any thoughts on those? Uh, Personally, as a McLaren fan, um, I think Daniel Ricciardo is going to be great. Uh, he's probably he's one of the most experienced drivers on the grid now. He's quick, and you know McLaren could be quite competitive this year. They got the new Mercedes engine uh, at the back of the car and with two brilliant drivers. They could be pushing for more podiums and perhaps even some wins. Uh, I, I, I think guess. Carlos Sainz. I think Carlos will also be a massive asset to Ferrari. Obviously, Vettel's been a bit off the pace uh, compared to Leclerc the uh, last two years. And Carlos has proven himself as a brilliant driver. And he'll fit quite nicely into that team. Uh, mind you, he, <laughs> is moving from McLaren to Ferrari such a good move? Because it, it strikes me that McLaren are a team on the up. Well, last year ago, last well, year uh, ago, it would have been a huge step up. This year, it's... It wouldn't no. say a huge step down, but it certainly is a step down. I think for Ricardo, that's a good move. Moving to McLaren, that is a good move. And I agree with Ed. I think we could see, um, I mean, McLaren, they're, they're back at the front already, aren't they? But I think with uh, Ricardo there, it could be very interesting. Um, just, just we just pause there. Um, Ed, do you want to read out our Twitter account details? Ed? Yeah. So for the SJC Radio uh, Twitter, go to at SJC Radio now. And for anything pit stop related, uh, you can follow the hashtag SJC pit stop. Yeah, so uh, please get in touch. Excellent. Uh, moving on, Ed, any, any other news uh, you want to comment on, Ed? Uh, yeah, well, I'd quite like to talk about. Stop, um, stop, stop, stop. I only well, did well, half the grid. I only did half the grid. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, Ed. Let, let's finish off the grid. Joe, over to you then. Back to you, Joe. Uh, so, Alfa Romeo haven't changed their driver lineup at all. Uh, Alpine, yeah, but Alpine, or formerly Renault, have stuck with Ocon, but replacing Ricardo is Fernando Alonso. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, Haas. Yeah have completely uh, revamped, getting rid of Grosjean and Magnussen, uh, and taking in Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. Before we go on to the Red Bull Driver Academy, any thoughts on that? Yeah, can I pause you there? Can I ask a question? Um, Bearing in mind this is a family show, um, what is the issue with uh, Mazepin? I know there's a lot of criticism about him. What is he been up to I, I know it's not good but what, what what's he been up to joe i think there were previous exploits before before the main uh main thing wrong uh, are we, I can put it. That there were several uh, things he did wrong right uh so i think he, he punched calamilot i think at one point uh in the paddock i think ed will probably know more about that than i will but he, um, I think he. Am I right? Am I right in saying, Joe, that that the, the big thing is 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 something that 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 we, we perhaps shouldn't talk about? I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's horrible. Okay. Well, it is surprising. It, it therefore surprises me that he's <laughs> that he's got a drive for Haas because in this modern day, in this modern age, any really really bad PR, um, you know, people be very uh, reluctant to to take you on if there are some really sort of you know if you're associated with some really bad stories. So I'm surprised they stuck with him. But on the flip side of that, I think yeah. Haas would rather have the money injection that uh, Nikita Mazepin's dad will bring rather than the oh. good PR. Oh, I see. It's all about money. Daddy's very rich. Has he bought shares in the team? Uh, I believe he has. Or if he hasn't, yeah. I believe he is set to. Yeah. So th- th- this is how you get into Formula One, isn't it? It's not about talent. It's about having a very rich father who buys shares in the teams uh, and gets you a dr- and gets you a drive. Um, yeah, that, that's not great, is it? Right, no, uh, Joe, have you seen the case for slower teams like Williams, Haas, and maybe Alfa Romeo? Yeah. Uh, here's a question, Ed, which you may, 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 be, may be able to answer. Let's say Hamilton uh, doesn't drive for Mercedes and Russell does. Who's going to take? Who's in line to take Russell's place at Williams if that happens? Uh, my first uh, bet would be Jack Aitken. He raised yeah. uh, as a replacement yeah. for. George at Sakir. Um, he's a very good uh, driver in F2. He did, didn't uh, he? Yes, of course. He did. I forgot. Yes, he would be the obvious yeah. one, wouldn't he? You're right. Joe, yeah. I'm assuming you finished the grid. Joe? No, no. Two more teams to go. And I've okay, let's go back to Joe then. The most, the most exciting two teams uh, to last. The, okay. Red Bull, the Red Bull umbrella as such. So we'll start off at Alpha Tauri. They keep Pierre Gasly but they bring up Yuki Tsunoda from Formula 2, who I know Ed was very impressed yeah, with. Yeah, we've a lot about him from Ed. Yeah. Ed, your thoughts about that, Ed? Uh, I think it's a good move for Alfa Tari. It, it might be a bit of a shame they've lost Danny Kvyat. He's very experienced, but I think Yuki Tsunoda's, Yuki Tsunoda is a quick driver. Uh, and his, yeah. you know, that is, he's only 19, 20, I think. Um, and in his first season in Formula 2, when he wasn't uh, expected to be that quick, I think he finished yeah. third in the drivers, the driver yeah. standings, which is very impressive. Good. And then moving on to the big sister or big brother team, as it were, Red Bull. They obviously keep Max Verstappen, uh, but they get rid of the rather disappointing Alex Albon. Who becomes the reserve driver. He does, yes. I, I believe so. Ed will talk about that later on on the show. Uh, and they replace him with the recent race winner from Sakir, Sergio yeah. Perez. Thoughts on that? He's a good driver, oh. isn't he, Perez? Also, he comes with lots of money, so that's no great surprise. I'm not surprised that Perez is, 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 uh, remains an F1. Um, yeah. Right, they- um, Ed? Um, any other, now we've done the grid, uh, any other news items you want to bring up, Ed? Um, well, is this a smaller one? Uh, Cognizant uh, has been announced as Aston Martin or Racing Point's title sponsor. And they kind of released a little teaser livery um, oh, okay. of one of the side pods. And it yes. resembles uh, part of, some of the um, early kind of 2014-2015 Mercedes uh, with the kind of blue on the side. Although I have to say, I think that could be the lighting and you only can see a little bit of it. It it does bear some resemblance to it, although they have previously said that British Racing Green would be their preferred colour, a bit like uh, liveries in other racing series they have. uh, as, yeah, they, they, you're right. They, Aston Martin in the sports car, well, in the sports cars, they used to have uh, the all green. Uh, last season, they did. They went to the sort of uh, combination of yellow, which, of course, that might be the colour scheme for the Racing Point team. Uh, we shall see. Um, yeah, uh, let me have a look. Uh, producer, I think, is going to... Um, Post a picture of 
the Aston Martin livery on Twitter. And that's a yes. Okay, so producer Tom is on to that. Um, Ed? Uh, I'm not sure Ed can hear me because this is the. You're uh, breaking up a bit. Yeah, yeah, you're breaking up a bit, sir. Am I? Yes. This is the challenge of uh, doing it on, doing it virtually. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. too clear. Much better. I've got notices here saying bad network quality. Never mind. Um, Ed, are we finished with news? A bit more. Joe, I understand you wanted to talk about the calendar for next year. Yes. So, the season opener is going to be Bahrain. Okay, yeah. And that's going to be the 20... That's going to have practice start on the 26th of March. Um, then it's going to move to Imola. Really? So we're going... F1's oh. going back to Imola. And then race um, three... Is, 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 Joe, is that confirmed? Or is that too that is, confirmed? That is confirmed. The only reason why I asked that is that... I mean, Italy is nowhere near opening up at all. I mean, their ski resorts, for example, are, are still shut in Italy. Um, so, so I'm surprised. Um, and then we get to race three, which is the to be chosen. Many fans are calling for it to be Turkey, and I personally think it will be Turkey, uh, or yeah. perhaps Portimao, uh, but I'd assume Turkey. Yeah, I did see some rumours um, floating about that it would be Portimao. And now that will be confirmed in the next few weeks. But yeah, I want it to be Turkey. I think that would be really good. I, I would like it to be Turkey. Weren't well, there issues with the track surface, though, last year? Well, it, when they raced there um, last year, it, the track surface, been, I think it was recently laid. So there wasn't oh. much grip on the track. Oh, OK, OK, right. I would, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I like Portimao. I think Portimao works brilliantly as a MotoGP track. As a Formula One track, I prefer uh, Turkey. Okay, yeah. and the only other changes to the calendar is Australia, now not opening the uh, calendar, is now going in between Brazil and, uh, and Abu Dhabi. Brazil and Abu Dhabi. Okay. So it's the third to last race, third yeah. to last, because in between Australia and Abu Dhabi is the new Saudi Grand Prix. Blimey. Right. Okay. We're yet to see a track, so okay. I can't comment on that yet. Well, I, I I can comment. I haven't seen it, but I, but I can comment because it will be designed by Herman Tilk. Tilk. Uh, it'll be a typical featureless. Uh, modern racetrack with very long straights and very slow corners. It will have no character uh, like all the other uh, modern day racetracks. Although, um, I, although while saying that though, sir, yeah, Austin, that's a quite a good track. I quite like Austin. That was made Is by Tilton. So, mm, no, I don't think it was actually. I don't think uh, it, it was. was. I, well, I maybe we'll to check that, Joe. I've got a feeling it wasn't. I, I'm not a huge fan of... Um, uh, Cotter because too many slow corners, too many slow hairpins, far too many of them. It's okay, I suppose, but I don't think it was the Tilka design circuit. I'm having a look um, now. Now, on the subject of, of Melbourne, I tell you what, I, I'm not disappointed that Melbourne doesn't start the season because you, it never produces good racing. Overtaking at Melbourne is very difficult. Um, so they tend to be very, they tend to be very processional races. So um, I think it's quite good that the season isn't starting in Melbourne. On that subject, um, I, I mentioned this before, but the, the Australian Grand Prix used to be in Adelaide. Much better racetrack, produced much better racing. Um, right. Um, so that's the calendar complete. Um, shall we move on? Shall we move on to um, Joe? One more thing, sir. I've just Googled it. Uh, Circuit yeah. of the Americas was designed by Herman Tilke. I'm surprised by that because I remember that when they were making the circuit, um, they didn't want it to be designed by Herman Tilke. And they said they were deliberately um, getting a different company to, to make it. So I, I'm surprised by that. 
Well, well it, that explains all the It includes lots of Herman Tilke's sort of favourite yeah. uh, design strategies. Two long yeah. straights. Flat Slow out, corners. Flat out, um, flat out multiple or apex corners. Uh, slow sort of square say, corners. Well, well, you say that. I mean, I mean, the the um, the S's at the start of the map, they start off fast and get slower and slower. That's another Tilka feature. Yeah. Fast corners become slower corners. I don't like that. I want to see slow corners become faster and faster and faster. There's also too many hairpins. Far too many. Um, right. Uh, moving on, Joe. Um, you want to discuss um something? Number two, so, yeah. So we are doing what's your favourite, and this week it's what's your favourite racing helmet. Okay, now, okay, Joe, can you tell me which is yours? I think you showed me this the other day. I did. Uh, mine, personal favourite, is Antonio Giovinazzi's one from this year uh, at the Italian Grand Prix in Monza. I wonder whether, Joe, I mean, you, I mean, you could describe it to us, in fact, please do, but I wonder whether producer Tom could shove this on, on the Twitter feed. He's nodding, he can do that. Carry on, Joe, give us your description. Um, so it's sort of uh, multiple layers of sort of pastel colours, which you don't often see on modern day uh, racing helmets, yeah, which I believe it is really nice. Um, they all layer up, gradually sort of getting darker and darker. Uh, um, and then a nice sort of Italian-themed, almost around food, I think it is, with grapes and Italian writing. And I'm afraid I can't speak any Italian, so I can't tell you what it means. But I just think the pastel colours is so unique to this helmet. That's why it stands out for me. Uh, right. I, I'm going to comment on that. Um, you, you, you have shown me this picture, Joe. There's quite a lot going on, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is a lot going on. There's a phrase. There's a phrase that I like to use a lot, and you can apply it to most things in life. What do you know? What phrase that is? No. Well, I, it's less is more. But the issue I have with the, these modern day racing designs, they're far too complex. If you go back to the 80s, for example, the racing helmet designs were much simpler. I'm going to ask producer Tom to put some examples on the Twitter feed. Now, they don't get any simpler than René Arnoux, whose racing helmet was white. Uh, and that was it. It was just white. You've got Damon Hill back with some white stripes on the top. They were much simpler. So, Ed, what do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I think if you don't like very complex helmets you're not going to like mine <laughs> who's is that then uh mine is right. lando norris's surprise surprise helmet from hungary of 2020 um and it is it follows lando norris's kind of base design with oh, the, uh, uh, the blue and the, oh, blimey, the yellow Ed. green oh blimey i'm looking at it yeah. now Ed. uh there's a lot going on there there a is a lot too going. much well, I'll tell you what, in all fairness, it's quite distinctive. Now, Ed, I'm going to ask you a question. This is another issue I have. Ed, I'm going to ask you a question about this. Was that a one-off helmet design, or did you keep that helmet? Uh, it follows London Norris's kind of base sort of design, yeah. um, but normally from race to race uh, with the new like helmet rags, the uh, drivers are allowed to change their helmet. Right, um, okay. Okay. It, my, okay, I don't like this. I don't like this. What you should do... A, you have a basic helmet design, really simple, and you stick with that for your racing career. You can't change your, your, the design of your helmet every other race. Otherwise, well, when the spectators see the car go by, oh, who's that? Well, I don't know. They don't recognise the, the helmet. So, so my advice, racing drivers, keep it simple and stay with it. Stay with it. So you're uh, not a fan of the rule which allows you to change. Ed, no. are you a fan? Um, I think it's great. I think for fans, it's brilliant. Um, to, like, but, but, see. But, but my point, Ed, is if you're trackside and let's say that both the Ferrari drivers are changing their, their designs every every race. One of the Ferrari, Ferraris go, goes by. And don't forget, you can't see the numbers on the cars. Who's that? Well, I'm not sure. 
Whereas go back to 1983, Ed, Ferrari goes by, you know it's Rennie Arnoux, white helmet. You know the other one is Patrick Tombay, blue helmet. They didn't change them. So there we go. See, well, one, I, one thing with that is not knowing whose helmet it is. That's one of the many powers of social media. Always keeping you updated on the latest driver's helmet change. So I'm always aware which, which one it is, even if I was trackside, I think I'd know which one it is because of how much readily uh, available information about the change in helmet uh, for the driver is to me. So I think and that way, I like it because it always keeps it fresh and um, exciting. And also I like the idea of how Lando Norris's British Grand Prix helmet was designed by a six-year-old fan. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm keen on six-year-olds designing racing helmets personally, but I think um, I think uh, also the helmets now are like a lot more um, like distinctive. Like you look at a helmet as a fan, you can look at a helmet and you know immediately. I, I, who I'm that not is. convinced. No, I, I, I'm not convinced Ed, simply because there's too much going on. I think the simpler the design, the the easier it is to, to, to recognise it. When they're very complex, lots of colours, lots of patterns, I, I think it's quite easy to get modelled up. I mean... But then I that mean, makes it more unique, so then it's more specific. Possibly. I'm going to throw something in here. I'm going to throw something in here. Uh, back in the 80s, when F1 was at its best, the racing was... Well, it was really exciting. Um, we didn't need drivers to change the helmet design every other race in order to find it exciting because the racing did all the talking. Is it because the racing isn't as exciting that, that people have to come up with these gimmicks to, to, to keep sort of interest there? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing that out there. Perhaps, I think it's, maybe. I think it's more for the fans. Um, it might be because of that, but I think it's just like to keep them looking forward to something new yeah. every week yeah but but in all fairness the excitement should be gosh i wonder who's going to win the race i wonder who's going to win it's going to be a you know i'm sure it'll be a, hopefully it'll be a really exciting race and of course we don't have that now because we, all, we know it's going to be a mercedes unless something goes wrong so i'm just throwing it i mean i'm just throwing it in there right okay so um so we've got giovanazzi we've got um norris and I'm saying anybody from the 80s because they're, they're all they're all good. I'll tell you what, what about uh, Rene Arnoux? Rene Arnoux, because well, I believe... No, 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 no. I, I only said yeah. Rene Arnoux because it, it's just white. Um, let me think of a really good helmet design. I can think of one. Um, I'll tell you one I do like, actually. I quite like Han Stuck. Han Stuck's got a pretty cool uh, design. Well, in terms of modern-day racing helmets, I'll tell you who I... What I do like, it's a MotoGP rider. Unfortunately, I think he changed his, his design this year. But it's, um, oh gosh, the name's escaped me now. Hold on. Is, I'm having a senior moment here. Oh dear. Uh, so, how do you spell Hans? What's his say name? S T U C K. Okay. Yeah, I can get that up and I'll send that to Tom. Well, I, I, I'm having a senior moment now. I can't remember one of the MotoGP riders. The chap who was on the Aprilia, Aprilia last year put on pole position in Bruno. Oh, for goodness sake. He was KTM the previous year. Oh, dear. My mind's gone black. Well, I, I forget his name, but um, he's French as well. Um, Johan Zarco. There we go. Last year, he had a kind of almost like a Japanese flag on the front. I just thought that looked really cool. Hans Stuck's got, I think, he's got like um, a star on the front of his. On on the subject of Hans Stuck, um, you know the Nurburgring racetrack? You know, the, you know there's a hotel on the start of Innistrate. Are you aware of that? Yeah. Um, well, I, I was there for um, a World Endurance race a few years back. I was camping there. But I decided I had enough of camping. And I, after the race on the Sunday, I went over to the hotel and said, look, have you got any spare rooms? And, and funny enough, they did. 
So um, I spent the night in that hotel on the, on, on the start finish straight and breakfast the next morning. Hans Stuck was at the buffet uh, at breakfast. Hans Stuck, kind of, kind of one of my heroes. Actually, Blimey. Um, at, at Alan, how much do you like to tell? No, I didn't speak to him. I just thought, oh, my word, there's Hans Stuck. Um, but I, I did see him, actually, at Silverstone a couple of years ago in the paddock. And I thought I, I was walking along. And Hans Stuck was walking towards me. I thought, well, I've just got to say hello. So I said hello and he, he shook my hand. Very nice chap. But um, yeah, he, I think his helmet was predominantly black with a kind of a white star. Joe, have you, have you found that? Your, your, your sound is off, Joe. This is the, the beauty of uh, doing it over the internet. Joe's back with us. Have you found uh, it? I found yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm sure that's it. Yeah. Uh, people on Twitter, hopefully, you should be able to see it. Okay. Uh, so if Tom could be able to post it, then yeah. you know, that's, that's what it looks like. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So Hans Dukes, Racing Harvard's going on our Twitter feed. It's black with white stars. And he didn't change that. He kept with that throughout. So that that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, moving on. Ed, what, what's next? Uh, next up, we have upcoming races. Yeah, we are very, very close. But in all fairness, the international racing season has already started. It started last weekend with the Dubai 24 hours. Um, that's a race for uh, GT3 cars. Um, don't get me wrong. I like GT3 uh, sports cars, um, but, but I prefer I prefer it when they're kind of a supporting act to LMP1s. Um, but on that subject, uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend is the first really, really big race of the season. It's the Daytona 24 hours, and that's part of the only round of the IMSA series, which is the American equivalent of the World Endurance Championship. So that's a really, really big race. I'll be watching that. Uh, that that's not this weekend, but the following weekend. There's also um something called the asian le mans series um which is well as the name suggests it, it it's a racing series for le mans type cars uh taking part would you believe in asia and they've got four rounds uh two of those will be in dubai and two of those would be at abu dhabi um and that starts i think it starts in february so we've got some sports car races coming up okay um moving on uh it says questions is, yeah, is that you questions uh yeah i have some questions um are you set so up for these i am i've Good. been i've been so excited for this uh, oh excellent okay so prepared. <laughs> um, Hold on. right so i have a question for you oh gosh really I, yeah it's from your your kind of specialist okay. era Good, 80s Formula One. Yeah, so. <laughs> Elio Giangeli was awarded victory yes. at the 1985 San Marino Grand Prix after which driver was disqualified? Alan Prost. That's correct. Thank you, Ed. I'd, I'll tell I'd you what. choice, but you didn't need it. No, I, I don't need it. Who are the other two in the multiple choice? Uh, the, I've got three here. The other three are Senna, uh, Keiko Rosberg and Nicky Lauda. Yeah, um, 85 Samuel Grand Prix, really, really eventful race. Um, I remember the Ferraris qualified really, really badly. And Stefan Johansson came right through the field and actually took the lead. He overtook, I think it was Ayrton Senna for the lead. Uh, Johansson ran out of fuel. Senna ran out of fuel. Prost ran out of fuel after he crossed the finishing line. Thierry Bootsen ran out of fuel. It was the race where everybody ran out of fuel. But um, very, very dramatic race. Go on to YouTube. The highlights are there. Um, a classic 80s race. Ed, thank you for that question. Do you have a question with for the Joe? With the San Marino Grand Prix, would that have been at Imola? It was. Yeah, it was. Well, because, uh, Ed, because do you have a question? Oh. actually a micro country within Italy. So it would make it sense is. that the actual Grand Prix wasn't within there. The actual racetrack is not in San Marino. So Imola is 
you, you're nodding, you know that. Imola, is, I think it's fairly near San Marino, but not actually in that, that very small province. Ed, I think you've got uh, a question for Joe. Yeah, so this is going to be a bit of an experiment. So hopefully producer Tom can help me out here. Um, so hopefully we're going to have a, a little video played. And Joe, I want you to tell me, A, uh, the driver, and B, which race this is from. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, I'm ready for the challenge. I'm ready for it. GP, <laughs> get your hydrate during the race. You must have some sweaty hands as well, so I don't forget to sanitize. So, Joe, okay. who was that and what race was that from? This is actually quite hard, but uh, so the formatting is quite difficult. <laughs> Excuses. But I, but I, I know where it's, uh, know who it is, and I know where it's from. Oh. It's by Max Verstappen. Yeah. And it's from the Silverstone circuit. I'm just tying up between my mind if it's the 70th anniversary Grand Prix this year, or the British Grand Prix. Now, based off my knowledge that Verstappen won the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, he might have been a bit bored because I think he was leading out front for a while there. So he probably got a bit bored there and um, asked his, uh, his team if they hide if they were properly hydrated and if they properly sanitised. Um, so I'm going to go with the 70th uh, edition Grand Prix, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Silverstone Grand Prix. Uh, I can tell you, Joe, you're right. It was well, the uh, 70th anniversary GP. Well done, Ed. Yeah, well Joe. I can see it's getting progressively harder though. Just like yeah. box box, and I'm like, oh, I've no idea where that's from. <laughs> uh, can I just say I like the fact that I mean, there's quite a big risk, isn't it, using all this new technology when we're doing it um, virtually? So I quite like the fact you thought, what the hell? Let's do this new feature when we're doing this virtually. So and it worked. It worked really well. So we, yeah. is that going to be a regular Ed? Regular feature? Um, it can be. It can be. Well, I. I I like that. I think that's really good. Uh, I, uh, have we lost Joe? Does Joe keep no, no, I'm you, you are, yeah, you no, are I'm breaking up a bit. Okay. <laughs> Classic 2020, 2021, isn't it? Um, yes. So uh, I've got a question for Ed. Not for you, Ooh. I'm afraid, sir. That's right, I, don't mind. I, mean, if, I mean, you could answer if you think you know. More no, than I'll, leave to. I'll leave it to Ed. Leave it to Ed. How many pole positions did Lewis Hamilton have last year, the 2020? I might have to chop this down. I don't think I can do this off the top of my head. Um, give me a second. Right. Oh. So, <laughs> for your information, <laughs> listeners, he's jotting it down on a piece of paper. The piece yeah, of paper down little, on the pen. Ed, Ed, whilst you're jotting it down, Ed, probably best to... Um, talk about your thoughts doesn't make it for great radio does it <laughs> just <laughs> um, so you can jot it right. down Ed, and maybe sort of um, share your thoughts as you're jotting it down right otherwise I'll, I'll, do, my, I'll, have, I'll do my best otherwise we have dead air <laughs> right so I'm, I'm pretty confident he didn't get pole at the first race in Austria I think that was Potter but then I think he got yeah. pole uh, the Styrian race, um, which then won. Next race was at, where was that? Hungary, I think. I probably got pole there. He got pole at, the, at British. And did he get it? I imagine he got it 70th as well. Um, and then Spanish Grand Prix is always quick. Um, then we go to Spa. Probably got pole there. Monza got pole there. Um, then where we where do we go to? Uh, Portimao, yeah, he would have got pole there. And where else do we go to? Turkey, he didn't get pole. Turkey, surprise, surprise. Uh, and then Imola, did he get pole at Imola? Uh, I don't think he did. Um, because I remember he was like third, and he ended up getting the win or something 
so don't think he got pole at Imola. Bahrain, I think he got pole. Um, what other tracks haven't I mentioned? Ah, what are you? Ah. Nurburgring. Oh. He, he so what, is that, is that no, he didn't get four. So what, what's the number, Ed? What, what was uh, the number? I'm gonna say ten. Joe? No way. Bottom have I, ten. Have I done it? Yeah, got ten poles. Oh. You got some of them. I was looking down on my little list here of all the poles he's got. You got some of them wrong, but then what decided he got, he got poles in places he didn't. So oh, you, then where did you, he take poles? Um, he took poles in Styria, Hungary, uh, the original, the British Grand Prix, but not the 70th. He got it in Spain and Belgium, both Italy races, Russia, Portugal and Bahrain. Oh, I missed out Mugello as well. I forgot yeah. that. But other than that, that is really impressive. Well done. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Joe, 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 do you remember that? Last year, Joe, uh, year nine history. Joe? Yes, yes, I do. What did you do at the start of every lesson? What did you do at the start of every lesson, Joe? There was a photo of a random racetrack from anywhere, like all six continents that have a racetrack. And you, I'm not sure you you failed each time to get which one it it was. And most of the times you could tell me a a turn of which one it was as well. Um, uh, the, the reason why I'm mentioning that, Joe, with our new Twitter feed, maybe next week you could ask me a question, you can put the circuit on the Twitter feed and I can answer it. Uh, that's a thumbs up from producer Tom as well, by the way. Oh, by the way, Joe, FYI, Joe, it sounds off, by the way, Joe, um, yeah, yeah. in my year 10 history class, um, uh, Max tends to put at the start start the lesson puts a racetrack on the 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 chat so that kind of still that's carrying on from from what you did last year joe really good so that i'll look forward to that next week um let's have a look um ed is it over to you again ed number five all right so this is another uh new feature for the show um who am i so I've prepared some um, some clues, and based on the clues, you just have to guess who okay. the driver is. Um, yeah. So let's get started. The first one's pretty vague, um, so let's go. I was born on the 28th of September, 1968. Oh, hold on, hold on. Right, okay, so that's interesting. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be, my, it's gonna be more for me, I think, somehow, than Joe. I, next one, Ed. I race for two teams, Lotus and McLaren. Right, hold on, hold on. I should be able to do this now. I should be able to answer this now. Lotus and McLaren. Let's uh, see if Joe can get it as well. He might be able to. Well, hold on. Okay, I, I won't get. I, I haven't got the answer yet. Um, I won't shout it out when I get it. Only two teams: Lotus and McLaren. Lotus yep. and McLaren. Um, on carry on. Yeah. My first win. Was at the uh, 1997 European Grand Prix, and my last was at the 2001 USA Grand Prix. Uh, can you give me the, the first win again? That was at the 1997 European Grand Prix. Right, I think I can. Uh, I think I know who won that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, yes. Are you sure about the teams? You said Lotus and McLaren. I will. I'll just check that now. Because I, I know who won the 97, oh, was it European Grand Prix? European Grand Prix. I've just checked it and I'm pretty sure that's all good. Two right. teams, Lotus and McLaren. Well, can I, can I ask a question, Ed? I thought yep. the 97 European Grand Prix was won by, I'll give you the team as opposed to the driver, was won by Stewart. Oh, no, that was 99. That was the 99 European Grand Prix. Okay, 97 European Grand Prix. Wasn't that... Oh, hold on. Wasn't that held at Jerez, Ed? 97 European Grand Prix. Where was that held? Um, yeah, it was at Jerez. Okay, so let's think who won that. I know who won 
Okay, and the teams you said, you sure Lotus and McLaren? Sure, it's not Williams and McLaren. Lotus and McLaren. I've checked it. Oh, blimey. 97 European Grand Prix. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I know the answer. Ed, can I can I give the answer? Uh, should we see if Joe can get it, perhaps? Joe, any thoughts, Joe? Not from the amount of clues that Sir's got it from. Right. No. Can you want the rest then, Joe? Uh, sure, I, I can't really see the damage in not doing that, but let's, let's try. All right. I have 20 wins and 26 pole positions. Right. Two world championships, both for McLaren in consecutive years, and the last one's a bit of a giveaway, so leave that. Okay. I think I need to give away. <laughs> okay. Two. This will definitely it. give it away. This will definitely okay. give it away. Let's see what this giveaway is. It's a, it's a massive one. My nickname was the Flying Finn. Mika Hakkinen. Yeah. Yeah, Mika uh, Hakkinen. To be fair, yeah, in my defence, I was born, which, which I think is quite yeah. a good, quite a good defence. But um, well done to Sir. Well done. Well, uh, and also, Ed, uh, well done to you. Uh, that's another feature. You're going to be quite busy this term, Ed. Yeah. Uh, let's keep that, let's keep that feature going. Um, I've got a feeling that we're probably drawing to a close. I've got to read out a message. Um, I mean, this isn't sort of motor racing related, but an interesting feature on the 5th of March is that on the episode, on on our episode of Pit Stop on that date, um, we're going to announce uh, the results of House Radio. (laughs) Joe, you're putting a face. You, you, you know what House Radio is, Joe? Yeah, I do. I was yeah. waiting for the announcement, sir. Well, I, I tell you what. Um, well, that, that's the 5th of March. Um, I am slightly involved in House Radio, as you might be as well. Um, I'm going to have some input into the Damien House one, so I'm rather hoping Damien House might win that. Are you involved in that? I'm sure you you are, Joe. You must be involved in that, surely. I, I think I will be, yeah. And... Uh... But I'm afraid that Damien can't win because I think Leo will be. Well, I, 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 I've got, I know this is London motor racing, but I've got some, I've got some good ideas, which, which <laughs> I think will work really well. Right. Not okay. So that's something. Well, uh, we shall see. Um, I think uh, we can wrap it up there. So um, that went really well. And I'll tell you what, um, when I say we, I mean, not myself, but I thought Ed and co, I thought Ed, and you were very adventurous there, Ed. You, you took some big risks and it, it paid off. So, so well done. Yeah, thank you. So we, can, so we can look forward to some more in-car radio and, um, and uh, guess the racing driver uh, next week. And Joe, your, your task next week is to, is to get a picture of a racetrack and shove it in the, the Twitter feed. I think you're up yep. to that. Excellent. I've almost got the last feature for this week, which is fact of the week, which is a new <laughs> thing that I've come up with a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, fact of the week. And I'm just getting it up now. Joey's signalling cut. Well, I'm trying to stall as much as I could. No, and it's okay. I can so you, you are searching for your fact, are you, Joe? I, I'm going to fill in the space, actually, whilst he's nodding away there. Right, so Joe is searching for his fact of the week. Uh, he's keeping us in suspense here. <laughs> here we are. We've got it. Yeah. And it's sort of there's a part A and a part B to it. Okay. Part A right. on an av- on an average race, a driver loses how much weight? Oh, I quite I like I that. that. I mean, is it is, 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 is liters or gallons or what? Well, give us a unit measurement, Joe. This is, this is in kilograms because the part uh, B is to do how much body liquid they lose per race. Oh, what was the first part again? The first part is kilograms. The second part is liters of uh, body liquid they use up. Okay. Uh, how many? I, I'm going to guess they might lose ten ten k's in a race. I'm going to go. And I reckon how, a bit lower. I reckon about five. Five kilos, and how many liters do you think they 
hold on. I said I said 10 Ks. I mean, how much is 10 Ks? I don't really work in kilograms. It wouldn't be as much as that. No, it wouldn't be as much as that, would it? Um, I'm going to say, what did you say, Ed? I said about five kilos of weight. I'm going to say three kilos. There we go. Just show how many kilos do they lose? The answer is in between that. It's four. Oh, no. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, and how many litres? I'm going to say two litres. Ed? Um, I honestly have no clue. We'll say two and a half. Uh, I think that's well, cheating a bit. Joe? <laughs> it's three. Oh! <laughs> well, we, we, we did pretty well there. So both of really in each yeah, of them. Good. Excellent. So two okay. next week, more facts of the week. <laughs> Some more facts of the week. Brilliant. Well, yeah. I, I think that all went rather well. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll still have some listeners uh, next time. <laughs> so, um, so it's. Um, I just want to thank uh, Ed, Joe, and Tom, and um, and we'll see you next week. So, good evening. It's good evening from me. Good evening from me. <laughs> and good evening from Ed. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well